This one I'm gonna call the Fireface Margarita. Should have just owned it too. Just have Patrick Wilson play Josh and Patrick Wilson play Ed, and then <laughs> just, just add sideburns. Like it's normal. She has a drink and she pours the whiskey down the grave. Uh, that raises the dead, and he comes back and enacts revenge. Then not dead, but then dead, but then not dead, but then they're actually dead, and they're like, oh, okay, cool, and then uh, suddenly they're not dead again. <laughs> This is Eric. And this is Vivi. And we host the Shake and Not Scared podcast. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about a modern or classic horror movie while drinking a spooky cocktail to go with it. With our pub Loki. He doesn't drink. We do. Listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Do you ever look at a giant, massive cloud and wonder if there's something behind it? These are tales of unidentified flying objects. Stories. Folklore. Legends, leyendas, cuentos, y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. Hi, everyone. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And we have our returning friend slash guest here today. Introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. It's me, Joshua Chavez, again. Uh, good to be back on the air with y'all. Yeah, good to have you. Today, we're going to be talking about UFOs. And uh, Josh here has a pretty good story that I'm excited to hear. So yeah, before that, let me get into the listener story. I picked one specific for this episode. Um, so here it goes. It doesn't have anything to do with UFOs, but it's specific to this episode. You'll you'll see why. Okay, so this person sent their story in via Twitter. You can send it in through there, through Instagram, uh, or email us at spookytales at gmail.com if you have a story that you want us to read. Uh, So here goes their story. Hi, everyone. I must say I enjoyed your podcast. Really got goosebumps listening to Josh and MJ's stories on Shadow People. I've got two stories on the paranormal, which I'd like you guys to hear. Well, I'll start with the one concerning shadow people. Before this encounter, I totally did not believe that such things existed. I've never seen one at all. To say the least, I've never even heard stories about them. Many years ago, I was a student in a high school, which was located in a building which had 10 floors. Damn, that's a a big school. Yeah, that is a big building. What the heck? Or was the school just on one of the floors? I don't know. Doesn't matter. (laughs) That would be weird. (laughs) Yeah, but just like 10 floors, that's huge. Well, I guess a lot, there's countries that do that, like like, uh, Korea and I I think Japan. They have tall schools instead of like wide. They have them in animes. Yes, that's what I'm basing this (laughs) off of. (laughs) 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 And shows. I just watched yeah. All of Us Are Dead, and that's one huge school with a lot of floors. <laughs> oh, heck no. <laughs> Let me go back to the story. <laughs> Many years ago, I was a student in a school which was located in a building that had 10 floors. One night at about 1230, past midnight, I had just finished my class assignment and I decided to go back home. The lifts were not in service at this hour, and I had to use the stairs. It was well lit by fluorescent lamps on the way. When I reached the seventh floor, I had stopped to tie one of my shoes because it came undone. As I was standing on the top of the stairwell, I noticed something black, very black, darker than the night, moved slowly up the left side of the wall. The walls were white in color, and I could make out the shadow of a person. It wasn't a clear outline, but it was like it was covered in black cloth. It was a shadow which glided very slowly on the wall right up to where I stood. There was no obvious features at all, no eyes, no mouth. There was nothing or anyone in front of me to cast this shadow onto the wall. I was in a stairwell. It was just about four walls and there were no windows in there. As it slowly slided up on my side, I really freaked out and I ran the hell down the stairs out of the building. It has been years since that encounter and I've never seen anything else. That was the only time. Although recently, I was working the night shift and I was alone in the locker room in a big warehouse and I heard a girl singing a song in a strange language. The voice seemed to be over on the other side of the row of the locker cabinets. So I looked to see who it was, but there was no one there at all. 
The spooky thing is that the song was from a language not used today. I live in Singapore. And that's all they wrote. That's creepy. <laughs> that is creepy, yeah. Yeah, schools schools are always really eerie to me. Like, especially when you're there really late. Like, you know, I'd say there'd be times I'd be there 5 o'clock, 5.30. Lights are turning off down hallways and you always just get that eerie feeling. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about schools. I agree, though. I don't know what... Why was this person at school at midnight? Like... <laughs> I know some places they allow you to like do like study sessions way late into the hours. Okay, that's probably maybe that's what. Yeah, I don't know if I never. I don't know if they, it goes all the way into midnight or later. But I know there's some places like that. After you know whatever your high school classes, you could stay there to study all the way into the night. Yes, based on the shows I've seen that Same. are in. <laughs> <laughs> God. yeah they were there really late uh so yeah that makes sense <laughs> i wonder did, did they mention um what kind of school it was was it like secondary or university or uh, yeah they did let me look through here it was a high school oh, okay okay i was gonna say i know uh some schools um throughout you know even even in the united states there are some schools where kids are like live on campus so I wonder if it's one of those campuses where you actually live there oh. as well. Oh, like a boarding have, school? I yeah, possibly like a boarding school, yeah. Um or or maybe some certain academies, I'm not sure. Um but yeah, like you know, I'm wondering if maybe that's just someone who happened to live on campus. That is true. That could, could be, be the it too. Yeah. Hmm. Because I know there's some like places where it's like yeah, as you said an academy where they they stay Monday through Friday but go home on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it was on uh, Into the Spider-Verse, actually. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Speaking of animation. Why are we, why are we basing every everything we know about schools off of movies and shows? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've, I don't know about y'all, but I've only been in public schools, and that's same, not same. how it works here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a story from uh, Argentina. But before I get into the story, I, when I was looking up uh, UFO alien stories, uh, I came across this, like, these government documents that said, <laughs> I came across this document that was like, World War II enemy alien control program, and I was like, what? And, I, and my dumbass thought they, like, there was, like, actual aliens that the United States had, but they were talking about, like, enemy people. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know they referred to people as aliens in all these documents, but apparently this this document, it said that aside from all the people they put in camps here in the United States, which in these documents, they referred to everyone as alien enemies that they placed into all the camps um, during World mm -hmm. War II. They also had people deported from Latin America and like. 15 countries participated in deporting people of Italian, Japanese, and German descent from Latin America into these camps in the United States. What? Yeah, I didn't that know that. Sense. I know they had the camps for um, a lot of uh, the the Japanese Americans because it was, if I, believe, if I remember correctly, it was here in California, one of the camps. Well, yeah, right? that's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, the camps here. But I didn't know they took people from Latin America. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I thought they were just, uh, you know, Americans wrongly accused. No. I didn't know they were like... A total of 6,600 people were deported out of 15 Latin American countries and held at the camps inside the United States. What? I mean, it makes sense if if we're allied with uh, certain people in Central America or South America, and uh, you know we're allied with them either trades or different types of governmental talks. Maybe it could be one of those kind of deals where it's like you know we'll help you out. You just got to deport any possible people that are helping the enemy. You know the axis of evil. Oh yeah, like I'm not surprised, but I just didn't know. <laughs> Like I, I yeah, I'm not surprised either. It's just yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought it was just like people from the, the like American born people. Yeah, yeah, me too. Wild. So yeah, I accidentally came across that when I was searching for UFO stories. Anyway, on to uh, actual extraterrestrial aliens, not enemies of the state, as the United States refers to people. So there's a, a little town in Argentina called Capillo del Monte and it's 
very beautiful apparently it has like a beautiful snowy winter when most of the area does not and the fall is just very nice and it has a lot of places to hike and a lot of ufos it said that every person in this town has seen a ufo and uh not just residents of the little town but navy pilots have also reported uh, sightings in this location and so one of i guess the sighting that made the town popular, it occurred on January 9th in 1986. A UFO was believed to have landed on Mount Pajarillo, which is like a small summit near near the town, just right outside of it. It's 1,378 meters tall, and for the rest of us, that's 4,520 feet. <laughs> An 11-year-old boy named Gabriel Gomez said that he saw an unidentified flying object near the mount the next day after he saw this near another mount uh, called Cerro Uritorco there was a circular footprint that appeared on the ground and people began to believe the circular footprint was made by a UFO that landed there and it's believed to be the same one that the little boy saw coming out of Mount Pajarillo and all these little mountains are right next to each other with the little town in between it said that that UFO burned the shape into the ground and there was pictures and testimonies that authorities hid at first and then revealed later and this just fueled, you know, more sightings and UFO stories. Those that believe in aliens and in UFOs in the little town say that Mount Pajarillo, Mount Uritorco, and another mountain called Los Terrones all contain underground bases where aliens live. I guess not just underground bases, but the whole, it's a whole city down there called Erx. And it's believed to be thousands of meters below the three mountains. And they, they believe that these aliens inhabit uh, the city of Erx and they come from the future. And their mission on Earth is to teach humans how to be kind, which if this is, if this is real and that's their mission, they fucking failed, man. <laughs> they like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what mission? They haven't been doing that. <laughs> they haven't been doing anything. They're just chilling there right? in their little base, just <laughs> relaxing, making fun of us as they should. It's like, oh, do, do we mean kinder? Oh, we meant meaner to each other so we right? could take over. Yeah, something. <laughs> and and also their second second mission was also to create an alliance between the universe and humankind. <laughs> There's no, way. <laughs> There's no way they'll be able to create a, uh, a a kind bond with humankind. We're terrible. Yeah, and exactly. no, not just that. They they met us and they were like, let's not. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, not. <laughs> this is it, it, this is trash. This this planet is trash. Lock your doors. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm not gonna lie. Half the times when I hear stories from Argentina about it be about UFOs or aliens or, or unidentified flying objects or anything, I tend to think to myself. 90, 98% of the time I think, oh, maybe it was like an alien thing. And the other 2% are, you know, maybe it was the Nazis. Right. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. my brain does that too. And I'm like, hmm. I mean, they, they continued in, in it's it's proven yeah. fact that they, they continued in Argentina and in South America, mm-hmm. Central America, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, They yeah. continued down there for years. There's even that town. I'm, I know this is off topic, but there's even that town full of like blonde blue-eyed people and like a lot of twins and you know i believe mangala was working on eugenics uh-huh. programs to try and yeah. make perfect people uh-huh. so you know it's just really ridiculous and crazy to think that yeah you know, maybe it was possibly Nazis. and then that little german cult that was over there colonia colonia dignidad yeah. dignidad i can't wait talk. what really yeah monstras podcast just did an excellent episode on on the colony oh, i'm gonna have to listen Okay, so uh, hardcore believers of this uh, city of Urx believe that it can, it will serve as a Noah's Ark when an inedible, in, oh my god, why did I choose hard words in my notes? An inevitable ap- apocalyptic event occurs on Earth. Uh, wow, that was like three hard words in a row. <laughs> you could not be Thanos. I'm just like, no, because he's like, I'm inevitable. <laughs> yes, I know, right? You know, you can- could not be that. <laughs> no, I could not. Tony Stark would have stolen the gauntlet before you got half the word out properly. Yes, yeah. 
Although if I were these aliens and this occurred, I would not save anyone. <laughs> Just kidding. So um, these beings are believed to have the technology to turn themselves invisible by changing their frequency. And this is why their ships disappear and appear in the blink of an eye. In 1930, an indigenous man found a cylinder that is about a meter and 10 centimeters long. I don't know what a meter is in feet, so I'm sorry. Google it on your own time. No. <laughs> anyway. Oh, three. thank you. Okay, so it's a three feet, 10 centimeter thing that they call el bastón de mando, or the ruling cane. And it's black. It's said to be made uh, out of some type of meteor. And... Believers in the city of Urk believe that this is some sort of device used by the aliens from the city. However, it's very likely that it belonged to the indigenous people of the area and, and might have been used as a, some sort of thing to create shadows, maybe tell time. I don't know what the purpose of, of it was, but those that believe in the city of Urk think it, it belongs to the aliens. However, it's probably just it would belong to the indigenous people of the area. So the three mountains are said to have energy portals above them. And this allows healers, shamans, and mediums to work using the energy. And uh, the whole town, it's very new age. There's posters and flyers everywhere, just like promoting mediums and, and healers and stuff like that. And it's not uncommon to see a self-proclaimed shaman set up shop at the base of these mountains, claiming that they're using the energy provided by the mountains. And they refer to these as the Portal of Urks. In 1989, a self-proclaimed shaman did just that. His name was Angel Akolglanis. And I'm saying it in English because it said he was a Greek man, so I don't think his name was Angel. <laughs> But he claimed to have the ability to contact the aliens in the mountain and would use that to heal people. And sadly, he was later murdered by a hardcore religious skeptic who said uh, that Akoglanis was a brujo and he killed him. And that's why he killed him. That was unnecessary to the story, but I just wanted to include it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sorry. So these three mountains have always said to be sacred uh, to the indigenous people of the area. And according to legend, when the Spanish arrived, in order to avoid capture, the indigenous people went to the mountains and were never seen again. Believers in the city of Urx say that the indigenous people used secret tunnels to get to the underground city of Urx. However, others believe that they climbed to the mountains and jumped off in order to avoid capture, and this wouldn't be the first time that we hear of indigenous people doing this in order to avoid capture by the Spanish and death at the hands of the Spanish. But this story further fuels the belief of tunnels that lead to the underground city. People of the town also see mysterious lights that they cannot explain coming from the Three Mountains, and most UFO sightings seem to come and go from the mountains. So the lights, yeah. the UFO sightings, the new age energy of the town, and the tales of indigenous people disappearing into the mountains all fuel the beliefs of aliens uh, in the mountains for those that, you know, are not skeptics. And fun fact, the little town holds an annual UFO festival that takes place over the weekend of Valentine's Day People dress up as aliens, there's a festival, there's decorations everywhere, a parade, a costume contest, and it's attended by at least 30,000 people every year. Oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it would be fun to go there. I mean, can we, like, replace Valentine's Day with that here, please? Right? That sounds way better. <laughs> that, that sounds way And it's like, listen, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. No, Tino, shade for those of you that do. But... This sounds way better. I'm sorry. Like, can, I, uh, yeah. like literally, can you imagine all the little kids going to school with their little alien cost? Oh, my God. Right? It would be so cute. Yeah. And all the places would be selling, like, alien treats, like... Little alien cookies. Green cupcakes or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds way better. This I agree. Better. I agree. I would love to do this instead. I don't do anything for Valentine's Day except, like, 
request um, tacos usually. So <laughs> that's same. I st- you know what I I, I want a heart shaped pizza this year. I think that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I did that like a couple years Just ago. Just don't go to Papa John's for it. Just for me though. I'm not sharing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I tend to I tend to just do whatever my wife wants for for Valentine's Day, you know, because I for one don't care about Valentine's Day, but I know she does, so I got yeah, to. yeah, <laughs> you do. If that's the case, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is the city of Irx. You know, I I gotta say something about that story. It's really interesting to hear about the mountains aspect of it that they go and disappear into the mountains or come out from behind the mountains because there actually is a case of a ufo sighting that i've been uh doing some research into that my father witnessed here in my hometown of westlaco texas i know this was uh back in 1975 or so uh he he told me it was 1975 uh i've been doing research into it i haven't really been able to find anything online about it but i i did put on my local you know uh westlaco texas home like you know like a facebook group Mm -hmm, page mm -hmm about my my hometown and i had asked a question does anyone remember about a ufo sighting from back in you know the 1970s and a couple people actually recall the event happening around 1975 like my father said uh that they saw like you know uh, either them or somebody they knew saw this really bright light in the sky something hovering over the area that you know slowly hovered across the town wherever you know its flight uh, flight path was going through um and they all reported the same thing that my father and actually my uncle too it, it was my father his brother and my brother's girlfriend or, or his brother's girlfriend who eventually became my tia so um you know they all saw the same thing it was this black pitch black craft that you know was maybe like the size of a football field and it had these bright lights on top that, you know, my dad described it as like a floating city is what it looked like. He didn't see anything on top of the black uh, craft itself, but he recalled that there was just pitch black on the bottom and it looked like there was a like city city lights on top. And so he told me that, you know, uh, the local channel, the local news channel covered the story and they, they reported that, you know, whatever was flying overhead actually flew into Mexico where other people reported seeing it disappear behind mountains. Wow. So that's why I thought it was interesting, you know, the fact that the mountains that people were seeing the the UFOs either coming out from behind or disappearing into the mountains. Wow. That is weird. Yeah. 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 It it was crazy because my, when my dad told me that story, I was working with him at his mechanic shop one summer so he told me, like, you know, you know, did I ever tell you I saw a UFO? And I was like, no, Dad, tell me about it, please, because, <laughs> you know, I love this shit. And so he tells me, and I'm like, damn it, Daddy, that's real crazy. Like, why didn't you ever tell me that before? He's like, go ask your uncle right now. So I go to the other side of the shop where my uncle was. Like, you know, we were outside, and he was on the other side inside the shop. So he couldn't have heard my dad telling the story. So I go and ask him, hey, Theo, did you really see a UFO with my dad? He's like, oh, yeah, back in the, like 1975, around there, uh, we, we were outside with my with my wife or his ex-wife at the time. He was like, I was outside, you know, with my ex-wife and, and your dad, and we all saw this thing, and he explained the exact same wow. thing, and it was fucking wild. That is crazy. What year was this that it happened to him? Uh, my dad said it was 1975. Hmm. You should see if there's any, like, sightings in that year around the area. Well, that's the thing is I've been looking into it, but I don't think the media, because, you know, like I, I grew I grew up, the area I live in is the Rio Grande mm-hmm. Valley, right, of Texas. So it's like deep south, right next to the border. So like a lot of, you know, when they say South Texas, people think, oh, yeah, San Antonio, Corpus, mm-hmm. nah, bitch, like I live in <laughs> South Texas. And so like, I don't think a lot of those media files from that time were really digitized like places. Oh, in California, that would make places. sense. Yeah, that would make sense. So I might, I might have to try and go to local news channels and request the yeah. hard copy of the year and try and go through. But I, I did online research. I haven't come across much. I came across a book from someone from my area that put out. They put out a book years back, and they actually wrote about the the event. I didn't get to read too much of it. It was like, you know, like a, a purchase kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can only read so much and then you have to purchase. 
And, uh, and then I, like I said, I had asked out on Facebook, you know, does anyone remember anything about this? And there was quite a few people that actually recanted a lot of the same things that my dad had mentioned, wow. you know, in, in their, in their postings. Uh, how far is um, Presidio from where you are? Is it nearby? Presidio? Yeah. Is that mm -hmm. in Texas? Yeah, it's on the border then, of... I'm not um, sure. Like the... Uh, what's it called? Goyame Desert in Mexico. It's like Chihuahua, sort of. Because there was a big I supposed see. UFO crash there, but in 1974. Oh. Oh, I see. Presidio. Okay, so Presidio, Texas. I looked it up right now. It's actually in far west Darn. Texas, probably closer to El Paso. Okay. So... Where I live in Westlico is 10 hours away from Presidio. So I live yeah, like way. right by the Gulf. I'm about, I'm about an hour from the Gulf okay, of Mexico. Okay. You know, like, like, uh, if you, if you ever heard about civil war battles, yes. there was the Fort of Brownsville. Mm -hmm. The Fort of Brownsville is super far South, right next to the border, like with Matamoros. Okay. Okay. That's where all that is. Yeah. And Progreso, Reynosa, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I know where you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, MJ, if you want to get into your story. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, going over a, a story from Catalina Island, but it kind of broads out to all of California. Um, so fun fact, California is the state with the most UFO sightings. You know, I'm really surprised it's not Texas, to be honest. <laughs> me, yeah, me too. Actually, Texas, if I remember, didn't even make the top three. Are you serious wrong, right now? I'm what? serious. I'm shocked. Yeah. That's crazy. Look, uh, um, the second state was Florida, and it had 5,000 and something sightings. But, okay. So, but one place in particular, uh, Santa Catalina Island, is said to be a hot spot. So, Catalina Island is an island in, the, in L.A. County, and it's 22 miles off the coast of California. And um, at the time I was reading the article with the California... California sightings, it had 10,333 sightings reported at the time. That's a lot. Because <laughs> everything else, the second one, uh, second state with the most sightings was was Florida, and it had um, 5,000 and something. So California almost has double. Wait a minute. Is this the Catalina wine mixer? Catalina? I have, to, is there a wine mixer? No, I'm just saying like from Step Brothers. <laughs> I don't even know. Isn't that an island? Catalina wine mixer, like Catalina. It wine might mixer. be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> like we're not recording the show right now. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's better when it flows like a real conversation. Um, so Catalina Island has a story that was featured on the History Channel on the show UFO Hunters. The story begins with pilot Noah Felice on January 26th. 1980, a plane crashed into the ocean near Catalina Island. Noah Felice and his cousin had crashed. Unfortunately, his cousin died in the plane crash. Noah survived, but the story the, the story he told of the events that led up to the plane crash was wild. So according to Noah, they saw a strange object coming out of the water, a USO, an un unidentified submerged object. This object shot a beam at the airplane, and according to Noah, this caused the navigation equipment to malfunction. Then the USO shot another beam, which led to the plane crash. Aside from this crazy story, Catalina Island has always been a hotspot for sightings. Many people chalk it up to the military activity that happened off the coast of California. However, there have been some leaked videos that the Pentagon has confirmed as authentic, and even the Pentagon um, claims they don't know what they are. Like the Triangle UFO off the coast of San Diego. We still have no confirmation as to what it is aside from its authenticity and that it's not, not ours. Oh, I think I've seen that video. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm going I'm to have to like record uh, or you know, find the video and so we could post it on our socials. Mm -hmm. So if we were discussing this a few years ago, we could always be like, all this is bull. Like all the sightings on Catalina Island are bull. But with all these like videos having come out in the past few years and our own government telling us, yeah, they're real, they're legit. 
but we have no idea what they are. It's kind of like, um, yeah. you know, it's mind blowing and suspicious. Mm hmm. So uh, in 2019, it seemed to be a very active year. There were a swarm of drones off the coast of California that were swarming Navy destroyers. As far as we know, it's unclear who was behind the swarm. And again, the leaked video of the Triangle UFO off the coast of San Diego happened in 2019 as well. With all these reports and evidence coming from the government, of events off the California coast, it is possible that Catalina Island is seeing and experiencing this phenomenon. Not only that, but off the coast of Malibu Point Doom, there is a structure found on Google Earth that is a strange underwater structure. It is 2,000 feet underwater and known as Sycamore Knoll. And known as it's what? Two and a Sycamore Knoll. Okay, like is that one word or is it? Two. It's Sycamore Space Knoll, okay. and Knoll is spelled with a K, K N O. Okay, okay, okay. And it's two and a half miles wide. It's the picture that I sent you, Christina. I remember oh, the one that you were like, "What?" I was like, "What? What is this?" So, yeah. So, so that structure is two thousand feet underwater, and it's two and a half miles wide, and it's a cave structure. You could see the the cave opening and stuff, and it looks like it has pillars, like holding up the structure, like. Like, you know, the same kind of pillars that we use to hold up a building. And some people believe that all the UFOs and USOs seen um, in California come from this base. Now, there's some people who believe this is an alien base. And other people just think it's just a natural formation and, you know, just just an underwater cave. It is crazy looking and it, you know, it's oddly flat it's gigantic and it has again as i said these weird pillars that seem to be holding it up i don't know now in 1947 on catalina island in the city of avalon there were several sightings of quote-unquote flying discs around the same time as the roswell incident on july 8th 1948 the same day the roswell daily record had reported the flying disc story there was strange sightings in avalon around 1 p.m yeah around 1 p.m three army veterans saw six flying discs traveling at very high speeds coming in from the northeast and passing right over avalon then disappearing over east peak They were described as flying in two sets of three. Hundreds of people saw them over the island along with veterans. Alvio Russo, one of the witnesses who had flown 35 bombing missions over Germany, estimated that it was going at 850 miles per hour. Bom Jung, who was an aerial photographer, agreed saying it was as fast as the Tiny Tim rocket, which he had photographed for the Navy. And I Googled it. The Tiny Tim rocket reached speeds of 550 miles per hour. And I did some more research on the um, airplanes that this rocket was attached to. And it was was attached to the SB-2C Hell Driver, which was a dive bomber. And this this aircraft reached only 281 miles per hour. So if both of these men who had experience with military aircraft say it was going faster than you know the air yeah i believe them and especially like alvio russo who had 35 bombing missions i think he knows what he's doing yeah um and it was and so at the same time that uh avalon was seeing all these um flying discs there was also sightings within the few days in arizona and again in roswell so when i say like these things can be seen within, you know, the same time span over multiple different states. It's clear that, you know, some sometimes if it happens in one state on the same day or within the same time frame, it could happen in others. Oh, I had no idea about that. Like, I knew about Roswell, but I didn't know that there was sightings at the same time in California. Me either. It was only published on the Catalina, like, newspaper. I forgot what it's called. They didn't write it down, but I should have. Um... It was only published once and talked about once. And after uh, after that, it was just dropped. Like, they didn't report on it again. It was just this one time, like, the following day, and that's it. Weird. So that's probably why it didn't get picked up. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so I also um, included photos of the Tiny Tim rocket, which you could see, and of the SB2C Hell Driver. I'll be posting these on Instagram. Yeah, and then I also included photos of the structure and of Catalina Island as well. And today, many people go, like many uh, UFO researchers and enthusiasts, go to Catalina Island to see stuff. And many people still claim to like see these weird lights, whether it's military or whether it's something else, it's questionable. And whether this underwater structure is a base is also questionable. But I mean, like I said, the leaked videos that the, the you know, the Pentagon was like, they're real and we don't know what it is, is kind of like what's going on. Yeah, it adds another layer mm. of like, mm, this could be real this could be true (laughs) or you know california is experiencing some weird stuff yeah and that is my story i hope you guys enjoyed it was a lot it was like from Catalina. it was just ended up being all of california (laughs) sometimes that's how it happens you know i remember one time i saw an episode of unsolved mysteries and they were talking about um a multiple sighting like a like a multiple city sighting Mm -hmm. and they actually talked about uh, the flight path that it took, you know, I think it was like in Pennsylvania, you know, people in one city saw this triangular shaped UFO. And then, you know, about an hour away, another town saw the same thing, like, like, as it was flying across, you know, the area, they eventually saw it like an hour later. And, um, you know, and then it went on to a third city where there was another mass sighting. So um, it, it's there. If you look up Unsolved Mysteries and like, you know, Mass UFO site, you'll probably see the story come up on YouTube. Mm, or something. Okay, okay. I will. I love Unsolved Mysteries. Same. Okay, so um, are you all ready for, for yes. my story? Yes, ready. Okay, ready, ready. <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer. Uh, this guy who I interviewed, all I know is his first name. Juan. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you know, he was he was in my class at, uh, let me just, you know, give an introduction how I know him. So I went to a technical college here um, in the Rio Grande Valley, so that way I can get my uh, associate's degree for wind energy, so I could work on wind turbines. So while I was taking this class, there were a lot of other people in my class too, and quite a few uh, veterans. So this gentleman I met one time, you know, he, he heard that I was really into like the paranormal and stuff like that. So he's like, do you like UFOs? You know? And I was like, yeah, of course I do one. Why, why do you ask? You know? And he told me like, I actually have this UFO story, you know what I mean? So, you know, after class, I'll tell you if you want to walk with me. So I told him, yeah, sure. You know, I'll follow you wherever you go. And, you know, I want to hear your story. Unfortunately, but like I got his story down, but unfortunately, like a little after he told me his story, he stopped coming to our classes. He had kind of a gotten into a fight with our instructor and the guy. Yeah, like the guy was the guy didn't really like our instructor. Our instructor didn't like him. So, you know, he was there on his GI Bill uh, just going to class. And, you know, he he decided I don't need this. I'm just going to drop out. And, you know, I didn't know he was dropping out and I wanted to interview him on camera mm-hmm. formally. Just that way I can get everything down on camera, get his story and, and, you know, double check his story. But unfortunately, you know, he dropped out and I, due to, you know, privacy with the school, I I don't know if they call it HIPAA or FERPA, but due to that, I couldn't just get his information. I couldn't get his phone number. I couldn't even, I couldn't even get his last name from my teacher. Right. So, yeah, um, I only have his story that he told me one time. And um, it turns out, actually, he was in school because he just wanted something to do with his GI Bill and to pass the time since he was actually um, diagnosed with a severe, you know, like stage three cancer diagnosis. So, you know, yeah, he was told, like, I found out after he left that he had cancer. And then I found out, you know, in the same in the same, you know, sentence there that I found out he left school that, you know, his cancer wasn't looking good. Like, I was like, he has he had can he has cancer, you know, and they told me, yeah, dude. Did the teacher know? <laughs> no, he didn't know. He didn't know. Um, it was it was just like, I know, right? Some people just have no heart. Yeah. I'm all heart. So I wouldn't do that. But some people. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So. So just a little backstory with Juan, you know, he was a veteran and I know for a fact he was because when I was following him, listening to this story, I followed him to the Veterans Center, uh, Veterans Affairs Center, where, you know, he told them like, you know, I need help with this and that with my GI Bill. And I sat down and waited and they talked to him. So I know for a fact this guy was a veteran, 
You know, he okay, was in the Veterans yeah. Affairs Office for our technical college. So Juan was in the Air Force and he was tasked with where, where this story is taking place, the time of the time frame that the story is taking place in the 1980s. He was tasked with uh, monitoring the airspace for a certain area, right? I'm not sure where it was, but he was just told, look at this um, modified machine, which was basically how he described it was like a seismograph onto a wall. But instead of it just going, I don't know if you know what a seismograph is, or in case anyone in the audience doesn't know, a seismograph is just a machine that detects, uh, you know, um, earthquakes pretty much. So if there's tectonic plate movements or, or even possibly like an ex- a big enough explosion somewhere, the, it'll come out on your seismograph reading, you know, so like a Richter scale, I think. So there was this modified machine that was set on a wall and he told me that what it did was it was linked up with, I guess, you know, radar or satellites, whatever they used to track. And what it would do is instead of it going back and forth or side to side, you know, reading out the the different size of movement, instead of doing that, it would draw flight paths, you know, so it wouldn't just go back and forth or side to side or anything. It would just track whatever was flying. So if a plane suddenly started making a movement uh, in a certain direction, changed the altitude, changed its um, its speed, you know, this machine would pick it up and it would start drawing the pattern to display that speed or to display its tra- trajectory or anything with regards to what was flying in their airspace that they were monitoring. So when it started out, he would track, you know, aircrafts, whether it be our own or possibly spy planes or, you know, other people just trying to fly around. So while doing so, he actually came across a couple different things that seemed odd to him. Uh, You know, they had mathematical formulas that they would use to work out you know, the speed and the trajectory and the, you know, like the angles at which they were flying at. And while doing so, he found out that one of the, one of the illustrations that this machine created was showing something going at about, you know, maybe like Mach 6, Mach 7, he said. And then suddenly it made a 90 degree turn at that same rate of speed and then continued at that same rate of speed, which is impossible. You know, right. if a person's Damn. doing that, if a person was doing that in a machine, they're going to either possibly, you know, pass out or die from yeah. just like that, that sudden angular change because, you know, our muscle, our, our, our organs shift around as we move at high velocity speeds. So you know, he was coming across these things that were just moving extremely fast, taking 90 degree turns, or even coming back and doing a 180, like a U shape, you know, and as he's doing all this, and he's doing the math, and he's figuring it out, he's looking at him, he's thinking to himself, what the fuck is this? He takes it to his superior. And he's like, hey, boss, you know, uh, there's some weird things going along here. And, you know, and, and he asked him, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean, Juan? What do you mean? What, what are the weird things? So he tells him exactly, you know, what I told you, the the speed, the the change in direction, all that. And his boss looks at him and he tells him, yeah, that's what it looks like, huh? Anyway, write down the information, log it in, and then burn this, you know, this report you brought me, burn the pictures. What? You know, like, yeah, like he told him, log the information in, like into their database, but burn all the evidence that we have here. So I guess like, you know what I mean? It's like a matter of, national security trying to keep things secret so he did what he was told he logged the information into whatever database he needed to and he destroyed the the illustration that the machine created the the flight path and Mm -hmm. you know and and the notes so later on after that happens Juan goes out for for a jog you know he used to do a lot of running he told me and where he was stationed at was uh, somewhere like a desert with a mountain area with mountains, you know, around. And he told me, you know, he would go for like five mile jogs out there. So he he told me, you know, like I was out on a jog up on some mountain and all of a sudden I see this bright light in the sky. But what was weird to him was the fact that it was daylight. So he doesn't 
know how this thing could be so bright right that he notices uh-huh. this in the in the broad daylight in the desert in the mountains and you know he's just looking at it and it gets closer and closer and the next thing he recalls is he's 5 miles away <gasps> from where he originally saw that light so he had what? yeah he was like five miles away the sun was in a different position oh my god he yeah he he never i i asked him did you ever get hypnotic regression therapy for this or did you you know ever find out what happened to you he told me honestly buddy no i was i'm he's like i like i don't know if he ever heard of like hypnotic regression to be honest with you but he told me he would be too scared to know what happened understandable so <laughs> yeah exactly right so so he told me you know i woke up like you know like i came to i was like five miles away time is different and he's he didn't like you know he he eventually like he was good with navigation you know like since he was in the military he he learned about navigating with the sun and other things like that he said so he was able to find his way back to base so he gets back and you know he tells me that he was getting like he was changing out of his clothes he was going to take a shower and this is all right after the event right after he has missing time and everything so he's about to take a shower and he looks at himself and he realizes there are three marks in the form of a triangle right up right on his like pelvic area above his penis oh my god what he 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 told me i don't know where they came from i didn't have them there before this but it looked like scar tissue like a raised bump over his skin and it was like i said in the form of a triangle and he just sat there inspecting and and he didn't know where they came from that is terrifying. That's some yeah, X Files that type shit right there. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure, right? And um, and he told me he told me something that he learned in the in the Air Force was that like UFOs, like he he had a lot of like he he had like a lot of people right like that he would talk to about this at with with uh, regards to UFOs or stuff like that at, at his work while he was um you know serving. And someone had told him, he didn't tell me who, but he said, yeah, I heard from someone in the military that UFOs are actually always in the sky. They're always floating around. But we, what? a lot, Yeah, but he told me a lot of the times we don't see them because they are hiding behind giant clouds that they generate. Whoa. That's scary. Yeah, I know, right? It, and it creeped me out. So I'm actually very weary whenever I see, because I live in Texas, right? So I live in I live in the South, right next to Mexico. So there's a big open sky. Mm-hmm. I can see, you know, clouds for miles. And sometimes we get these really huge clouds. And I and I'm talking like, you think it's the size of a fucking skyscraper? Damn. You know, like yeah, I see these big clouds out here, and I think to myself, I wonder if there's a UFO hiding behind there. That is crazy. Okay. Yes, I know, and and I actually have a actually have a a couple sightings. I have there's actually a couple sightings I have of unidentified flying objects, and one of the cases actually involves a giant cloud. So if Whoa. I could go into this story real quick, uh, just for some sort of validation, you know, to this theory of his or what he told me. So this this story takes place a couple years after technical college. I'm already working in wind living at this house with my with my girlfriend or fiance at the time you know uh, the one i saw shadow people with mm-hmm. i'm there in the backyard hanging out with the dogs you know trying to get them to go to the bathroom before i come bring them back inside and i'm looking up at the sky which is something i've done ever since i was a little kid right and it's nighttime and i see this big cloud over the sky right like like it's above me and like i live in a like in the city i live in there's a lot of lights like you know i was in downtown so the sky gets illuminated even at night. Sometimes there's a, a hue of orangish light up in the sky. So it's kind of like you can see at night. And above, like a maybe like a, a little bit of ahead of me, there's this cloud approaching me. And it's this very big cloud, right? Very big, dark cloud. You know, it looks dark because it's nighttime. And I see this blinking white light coming from the left-hand side of me, which was the northern direction. 
It was north heading south. And I see it coming and then I'll and then I see it disappear behind the cloud, right? And I'm thinking, oh, it must be a satellite or you know, maybe a drone, because at this time, um, during the Obama administration, they were using drones to fly around the Mexican border to look for, you know, like uh, people yeah. uh, crossing illegally, right? They were using blimps and they were using drones. And so, and also, not to mention also just they were surveilling the United States, you know, us people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, they were doing mm-hmm. stuff like that with drones. So I thought, oh, maybe it's a drone or maybe it's something with a satellite or something. But it was a white blinking light and it disappeared going north to south behind this big cloud. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I'm looking up and I see I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and a minute has passed, you know, and I never see anything come out of any other end of the cloud. Wow. That is unsettling. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's it's not over. The, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what is that? Like, why didn't it ever come out the other side of the cloud? Based off its speed, you know, that it was flying at, it should have, I'm not saying it was like super duper fast, right? I'm saying like it was fast enough that it should have already come out of that cloud based off the the fact that it came from, mm-hmm. from so far away from one horizon towards this cloud, it should have come out, right? Mm-hmm. It never did. And then I see from the South, another white light coming wow. northern side it was shooting from south to north and then it, that one goes behind the cloud and i'm like okay i swear to fucking god if this one doesn't come out the other side one story is 100 percent accurate it never came out the other side and then from the east comes another white light oh going god. east to west and that one disappears behind the cloud and then like by this point, the clouds already moving away from my backyard house area and I can no longer see it. You know, the cloud was coming from, from the East going West. And like, eventually I, like, I, I, I can't, I couldn't see it anymore. So I never saw anything come out from behind the clouds, these white blinking lights. I never saw them appear again from anywhere. And that made me think, Maybe Juan wasn't pulling my leg about, you know, UFOs hiding in clouds. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it was small ships docking into a mothership. Ew. You know? Right. I, I know. I know. So <laughs> it, it scared me. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Scrappy, let's get the fuck inside, buddy. Let's go inside. Let's go, dog. Yeah. We didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, ship of the sky. We promised we didn't see anything. No, no. I saw it. I, I ain't going to deny it. If they ask, you deny though. Right. Like if if they come down, like did you see anything? You sure? Yeah. So those are those are my stories that I have with regards to you know Juan and um, what he told me, as well as a story that I personally have that gives some form of validation to what he told me. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, I'm having a what's it called existential crisis right now <laughs> now every time i'm gonna look in the uh, the sky i'm gonna be like aliens <laughs> hey. there's the cloud aliens you never know this is very That's true scary. this would be a good time to end so i can go feed my baby before he takes over the podcast because he's been laughing over here i don't know if you heard him it's <laughs> <laughs> so cute but before we go uh spooky recommendations uh, I got one. I'll, I'll start off real quick so you guys Perfect. can get your, your bearings in there. Um, yeah, I know you guys had them on before um, the podcast uh, Paranormal Putas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's my recommendation. If if anyone who listens to the show has not heard them yet, feel free to give them a listen. They have some really good episodes about Austin haunts and personal family stories. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like they, they have some really good episodes. You, I listen, I've listened to every episode of the Spooky Tales and every episode of Paranormal Putas, and like they are all great. You know, I, I love, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, um, we just had we haven't released the episode, but our guest from our previous episode recommended them too, and I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they're so amazing, and they're this. Oh my god, I just I I adore them. They're one of the nicest people ever, like ever. Yes, and they're so. It was funny. just like when. <laughs> There's so, yeah, it's just it was like an automatic click. You see, you know, like you went when you meet someone and you're just like, yeah, automatic friends. Yes, them. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're honestly, I had, I got to throw, you know, representation out there for my Texas people, so. Yeah, and they're, they're amazing. They're so funny. And they're, st- oh my God, their stories freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be listening to this at night. Like, whose idea was this? Oh, yeah, mine. <laughs> but that's, like, what I do. It's, like, I listen to, like, scary stuff or anything paranormal at night. And then I'm, like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> me gusta la mala vida. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. And I'm over here in a corner, like, help me, Lord. It's, like, I got to do a little prayer before I go to bed. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you know, uno nunca sabe. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to mispronounce the shit out of this, but I'll um, send a picture to Christina. It's called Shi Guai, and it's the Chinese true tales of the paranormal and glitches in the Matrix. And it's a book I found, I think. I kind of maybe for a Patreon might like read. Ooh, okay. A stories from this, but yeah, it's by, um, it's edited and translated by Yi Izzy Yu and John Yu Branscom. So I'm gonna have Christina post this on the socials because I cannot. I'm not good at pronouncing these uh, names, and I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I uh, I can barely English. I can barely Spanish. Anything else is a no. <laughs> and I apologize. You got. I apologize. I know the feeling. My Spanish is borderline shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a pocha, so. <laughs> yeah. And I on- we only know, like, Spanish from El Rancho, so it's totally, like, 90% slang. Mm-hmm. Totally improper. So. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> okay, I finally found my spooky recommendation. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, so this is a movie. You can find it on Netflix. It's called His House. And I will just read mm. the description. So, a refugee couple makes a heroine escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. I really enjoyed it. It, it, It's good. I am going to add that to my list because I still haven't watched the the one Korean show that came out. Oh, my God. All of us are dead. Yes. I haven't watched it because uh, my daughter has been like... Staying with with uh, co sleep, um, she's just not wanting to like sleep by herself. She's like, "Mom, I want cuddles." To be fair, she got she's been having a lot of like nightmares. Oh, so, okay. and yes. it's like since it's like gory, I can't yeah. watch it. It's so good though. Um, I've I've been nonstop tweeting about it on both the spooky yeah, Twitter and my own personal Twitter. Like I I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch it. And I told I, I told Andrew, look, I'm at the at the I'm, I'm about to watch this without you because just because she's in here because she's scared. But I'm like, I, I might have to watch this without you. I know he wants to watch it, too, but I'm going to be like, hmm. So, yeah, check out our spooky recommendations. And I don't know. Next time you're looking up at the sky and there's a big cloud. <laughs> There's probably a UFO behind it. We're talking massive. Massive. massive You're right. They're massive. huge. Big was the wrong word. Where's my thesaurus? No, right. <laughs> Run. I'm just kidding. They're, you know, just you fix your hair. They're probably looking at you. You know, don't look like a well, slob. Yeah. Make us humans look decent. Either look away or, or look. It just depends on whether or not you want to see a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Stay uh, spooky and we'll catch everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for our spookies supporting us on Patreon. Perla, Jesenia, Kristen, Mary, Dalia, Mariela, Rene, Yamaris, Iris, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. A Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, edited and produced by Christina. If you're looking for extra ways to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tales, And you can also check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. Go to spookytales.com slash support. But of course, you have our eternal gratitude for just listening. Stay spooky!